Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Nini Muhammad. Nini is the author of two books, and he runs a organization, The African in America. Very fascinating individual is Nini. Really appreciate him coming on the show today. If you're a fan of the Kelly Patrick Show, I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare-eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Nini Muhammad. Yes. Nini, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing very well. Really appreciate you joining me for the podcast. Um, Nini, I think I originally met you at a kickboxing class. In Shepherdsville, yes. maybe 2018, maybe 2019, something like that. Does that sound sound right to you? Yeah, 2000, uh, 2018, I think. Probably yeah. 2018. That yes. that does add up, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it was pretty it cool. Was before uh, the COVID stuff happened and stuff like That's that. exactly yeah. what my sense of time is based on right now, is everything is, well, COVID was before or after or whatever it was. Yes, it was after. Before. Certainly before COVID, yes. uh, maybe a solid couple. Right before COVID. A, a year, year and a half or yeah. so before COVID. I met you at the the um, Rock Cruise-led kickboxing class at Apex Martial Arts in yes. Shepherdsville. Yep. Shout out to James London and Pinky. They run a great program there in Shepherdsville. Yes. Um, but since then, Nini, I have, we have been uh, you know, connected on social media. And I have found your story to be very intriguing. Thanks. And if it's all right, could you introduce yourself to the Kelly Patrick Show audience? Who is Nini Muhammad? Where are you from? Uh, what brought you to Kentucky? If we could start there. Where, where were you born? How old are you? And what brought you to Kentucky? Uh, I'm Nini Muhammad from uh, Somalia. Grew up in Kenya like many uh, Somalian refugees are. Uh, so at what age did you move from Somalia to Kenya? Uh, I don't remember. I think I was probably like 
two months old when I f- moved to Kenya. Okay. So I just I was just born there, but I didn't really see uh, everything nope. else until later on. I was nine years old, and my mom took us back there. So did you move with your mom and your dad to Kenya? Yeah, both of them. Okay. And uh, I came to United States uh, when I was 12 years old. 12 years old. How old are you now? I'm 29. 29, okay. Uh, Did you come to the United States from Kenya with your mother and your father? Or do you have any siblings? How how did you come to the United States and why? Uh, I came with my siblings and my parents. Uh, I think without them... With me, it would have been a little tragic, but we all came together in uh, uh, as a refugee. So twelve years ago, you guys came. Yes, or I'm sorry, no, 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 no seventeen years ago. Seventeen years ago. Seventeen yeah. years wow. ago, you moved from Kenya to the United States. Yes. Uh, first off, for those of our listeners who don't know, including myself, why would someone leave Somalia and go to Kenya? Uh, from uh, my parents' point of view, it was, you know, they had so much war going on over there in Somalia, and it was based on, like, just civil war between Somalians and stuff. And uh, when we came to Kenya and I learned more about what was happening, it was pretty much the same thing. Uh, um, many people moved because there is war, there is not much of... Uh, food or water and stuff like that but mainly it's just that and then when you come to kenya it's pretty much uh not the same thing there's no uh i didn't see civil war there but it's you know you live in a in camps and stuff like that until you get like your kenyan nationality and stuff like that but yeah in kenya it was pretty much you know a struggle as well but it was better than Somalia, where you have to worry about, you know, pretty much getting shot every day. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what What was the first language you ever learned how to speak? My my. Okay. First language. What was this? Okay, so you spoke that from age, right when you, you first could speak. Yeah. Well, first, uh, how many languages can you speak? I speak my my Somali, uh, Swahili, a little bit, and English. And now I'm learning Spanish. I speak a lot of, like, uh, what is it called? Uh, other languages in between, but I don't count them because they're not really, like, I would say popular or something like that. It's like... Common. Uh, like uh, tribes, languages, and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you moved from Kenya directly to Kentucky? Yes. Uh, well, how, how did you choose Kentucky? How did that come about? Do, do you know? You were 12, yes. so I know, you know, you probably weren't involved in the decision. No, definitely not. <laughs> but but how did you end up in Kentucky? Uh, that's, uh, that was, like, something that I don't really know how we were end up, but from uh, my parents, especially my dad's point of view, it was one of his family was already here. Okay. So they asked him to choose what state he wants to go not known any of the states to be honest so he's just like okay my family lives this Fair. place yeah so they're like okay that's that's called kentucky so and that's where they get us and they brought us here okay 
Um, and you moved immediately to Louisville? Yeah. So you went to school from age 12 all the way through graduating high school in Louisville. Jefferson County Public Schools? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I I went to Wagner High School. Uh, As soon as I graduated and I went to college, uh, it was called St. Catherine College. It's not, I don't think it exists anymore, but, you know, they... They got bankrupt. Uh, I don't know if you want to edit that out. But. No, no, I, I have heard that. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard that. I have yeah. a friend who played soccer. I think for St. Catherine. Uh, I he's played old. soccer for St. Did Catherine. you? Okay, my friend Tyler. He's older, so I'm I'm 39. There's a guy named Tyler who's probably 35. So he's a little older than you, Tyler Bloyd. He at least was on the team briefly. I don't know, but oh. interesting. So you did you play soccer? How long did you play soccer for St. Catherine? I played soccer for Saint, for four straight years. Okay. Uh, what did you study at St. Catherine? Psychology. Okay. So I studied psychology there and played soccer. I was still uh, like new to the country when I went there because it was I was my fourth year in mm-hmm. in in the United States when I went to St. Catherine. So I was still like like a growing up kid. So it was like I had to get used to still learning. A bit of like reading, writing, English, everything together. But yeah, it was it was hard, but I, you know I survived. <laughs> I'm one of the people that survived. Did you graduate? Yeah, you graduated with a psychology degree ba- from St. Catherine. Yeah, bachelor's of art in psychology. Okay. And then after that, I went to Spalding to get my master's degree in social work. Uh, I went there for a year, and then things got Life got on the way, so I had to uh, stop there and take a break. Okay. What made you want to pursue a career in social work? I just wanted to help people, to be honest. I didn't really know exactly what I was going to get into uh, in the social work department. I just, uh, my, my main goal was just like just throw me out there where i can help somebody that was it okay i didn't really care like i had to do this and that i just wanted to study something that i can go and uh, make a difference in the world that's all i was cared that's all i cared about but even like you know i just made a recent facebook post saying that like when i was in in college uh, studying psychology my professor told me that you know, psychology, you're not going to make a lot of money, right? That's what he told me. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not studying this for money. Mm. I'm studying it for, like, my own good. It's just just to learn. So, and he was like, yeah, you know, I'm just, just want to tell you because, you know, you are someone who works really hard and, and I can see you doing uh, big things in life. But I'm just telling you, psychology is not going to make you money. So, but... Here I am, you know, learning day by day. Okay. Um, so, Nini, you create... So, after college at Spalding, what do you do for work now? Right now, I'm a mental health counselor oh, at wow. Seven Counties. Wow. Okay, cool. Yes. My mother, who's a sponsor for the podcast and shares this office with me, not this room, mm-hmm. but over there, is a licensed clinical social worker. Oh, wow. So she works in that type of field. So that's a, a very closely related um, to the type of work that you do. Yes. Very cool. You created wow. a, what is it, an organization, but you have the African in America. What is that? 
Yeah, it's uh, I created this. It's like a movement that the African in America. Uh, a lot of people ask me this. Is it was is based on my book. I wrote a book. You've written two books. Two books. Yeah, the first one is the African in America that I wrote. It's pretty much after I seen a lot of things in growing up in the United States. I have seen you know people just like uh, not getting along, especially like the African communities. Uh, they don't they don't they don't get along. They think. Like you know, if you don't know me, you automatically assume that I don't like you. Hmm. Uh, so you mean specifically in communities of people from Africa? Y- yes, that live in, in let's say Lu- Louisville, Kentucky. Yes, if you meet someone from Africa, you're like, hey, that person looks like they're actually from Africa, not like African American, but they're from Africa. Then there's oftentimes some some sort of hostility between you and them, without even you know anything happening. Uh, that. And the Afri- the the, the uh, African American community as well. So all like the, I would say all the black people in in the United States. Okay, is is like that because when I was in high school and uh, I always wondered why, like uh, the African Americans wouldn't wanna like help me out. Mm. Uh, it was always like they either wanna fight me or they wanna make fun of me. Really. Yeah. yeah, this it was always like that. So I always some hostility wondered, from yeah. African American yes. community toward you. Yes, so I was I always wondered like why this happening, you know? Because I'm trying to, uh, to what is it called to build a friendship or want to connect. So that way, like they, because they 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 pretty much been here all their life. They know uh, what's going on. So when I saw that. I said, you know, I I need to do something. Uh, I didn't know what it was, and that's when I wrote the African in America. Interesting. Um, my wife, as I mentioned to you pr- prior to us recording, my wife is from Cuba. She came to the United States at the age of of twenty seven in two thousand fourteen, and the Cuban community in Louisville is pretty large. There's quite a, a few Cubans here. Yeah. Uh, saying about Cubans. Even uh, when I went to high school, I had uh, I, I I ran into a couple of Cubans too uh, that were like black, and I I didn't know any country other than like at that time you know other than Africa you know like just I just thought everybody just came from Africa you know huh. so the Cubans like you know they were black and I'm trying to like figure it out yeah it's trying confusing to it out. yeah trying to figure it out and these people speaking Spanish and stuff it's like wait a minute <laughs> like what the hell's going yeah. on yeah but then. Uh, some Cubans were like they were like they were they didn't like me at all. Interesting. So they were like they were pretty much like didn't want to consider themselves black. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they 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 were like every time I try to talk to one of them, they're like, "Hey, you know, like try to keep I'm, distance." Yeah, they they. I'm not one of you. I'm not one of you. Pretty much wow. like you stay away from me type of stuff. And I'm like, "What? You black man? We got you know. You may be a little lighter than me, but." We the same. And regardless, yeah. like you and I are skin colors, pretty different. <laughs> that doesn't matter, right? No, we should be able to be friendly. Exactly, but you know, they will speak Spanish. They will own. They'll all create their own crew into the side, and and that also got me to to write the African in America too, because I believe everybody in this world came from 
you know, the motherland. That's what I believe. Like everybody originally, originally full, uh, originated in. Because I was reading a lot of uh, like history and a lot of uh, the Bible. The, uh, exactly, I, I I read the Bible. You're a Christian? I, I, no, I I'm a Muslim. So I read. Okay. I I went to when I went to Catholic school. They you know it's a must for you to uh, to take uh, uh, what is this? You have to read the Cat- Bible. Catechism. And you have to take cat- Catholic, you know, Studies. study it. Uh, what's what Catholic school did you go to? I missed that. It's the Saint Catherine. Oh, okay, Saint Catherine. Yeah, I'm sorry. The college, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. They. You had to study. Uh, you had to go into a, a religion class, and you have to pass it. So I learned. I think I was the only one that was actually interested in studying the the, the religion. Everybody else that were in my class with me, they like they were just bored. And I was interested because I wanted to learn because I'm a Muslim, so I know, you know, I'm trying to see the difference here. Sure, trying yeah. to learn something. So yeah, that's what I learned. I I learned a lot of things, and I learned that everybody originally came from, you know, one place. So your first book, The African in America. Mm-hmm. What year did you release that? That was twenty. 20. Okay, so just a couple years ago. Yeah. And the reason that you were motivated to write the book, the reason you wrote the book was because you are, of course, you know, dark black. Yes. But beyond that, you're actually from Africa. Yes. And you come here and you notice... A lot of difference. There's hostility yes. automatically without you having... You know, you're a very pleasant person, at least in my experience. Um Without you being rude to anyone, you've no. noticed that there's some hostility on occasion. Yes. Um, did you notice? Uh, what about hostility between you and like a, someone who looks like me, just a normal white guy? Uh, that is interesting because I found I found that like because I had a lot of white friends, I had a lot of African friends, and a lot, and I had like a few African American friends. Okay. Because I couldn't get like like connect with me you know with not African not Americans. as not as much yeah you know and the older i get the more i i learned you know how hard it is to connect with uh, african-americans in general interesting uh it just uh, i guess it depends on like like which ones you're trying to connect with at sure the same time. everybody's an individual yes. so there are exceptions obviously yes. so uh my white friends always like they were always cool. They were always chill. They were, they, they never, they were the one that were actually like, you know, trying to teach me things like, you know, when we go to the restaurant, how to order things. When we speak, like, you know, my, I, the first time I tried to learn that, that someone tried to taught, teach me a proper way to talk to people, it was high school. I was in 11th grade. It was my teacher, which is my soccer coach. And uh, his name is Coach Schulz, by the way. And he's Coach he, what? I used I call him Coach Schulz. Schulz. Yeah. Okay. He, so his name is Schulz. So he the one who actually like l- taught me a little lesson that I I was, you know, like he said, you know, this is not how you talk to people because I was used to like you know when when I'm like back in 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 where I live, everybody just you know talked others the way you know the way you want. But then when I, don't, you, I don't know what you mean by that. Like louder, more aggressive, more aggressive. Okay, like okay. you know, and and every time I get mad, or like I just, or every time I get frustrated, I just like you know go off. Then he was Bro, like, "I can't see that." Nini, calm down. You know, this is not how you talk to people. <laughs> and, and and I, I assume that was a white guy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, because I never had anyone that was like 
my color tell me to not talk to people like that. Interesting. Huh. So I was like, what? So, I mean, my parents would tell me like, uh, you know, always respect adults, always, you know, this and this and that. But English is a little bit different from when it comes to my own culture. Because my own culture, there is a different ways I handle, you know, and I know how to handle different things. But when it comes to English, English is more like when you speak English, you almost have to uh, choose your words wisely, you know, because some words may sound cool and, 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 you know, but when, when you speak it, it can hurt others. Okay. Yes. So you had a good experience with Coach Schultz, who is your soccer coach. Yes. Uh, and it's not just the one time that he taught me. He had, to, he had to, like, you know, talk to me a lot of times and stuff. Because when I, was, when I, came, when I came to the United States, uh, the first school that I went was Shawnee High School. Okay. And that was like, like they had a little ESL place where, like, you know, you pretty much. Did you uh, know any English when you came here? No. My my stepdaughter, who you just met, Carla, downstairs, she came to the United States when she was 12. She spoke no English. Same thing. Wow. Obviously, she came from Cuba. Like the Spanish. <laughs> yeah, so different you know, background, but still. So you came here, no, no English, English at all, yeah. went to ESL program at Shawnee. Yes. Uh, and, and that's where you learned to speak English entirely. Yes. Uh, Shawnee, Shawnee, I only went there for like a couple of months. And then that's when I went to Wagner. Okay. So that that couple of months, I was learning like the basics and stuff like of English. Hi, what are you doing? Like you know things like that. But when I went to Wagner, is when I learned, you know, pretty much how to speak English really well. Um. Okay. So I'm fascinated by the premise for your first book. Okay. The African, the African in America. That's your. Um, how do I get a T-shirt? First off. From me. <laughs> okay. How much is a t-shirt? How can some... 20 $20. Yeah. You still have access to them? Yeah. At the African in America is how you get the t-shirts. How could I someone... Will, I, will, I will give you the link on the... I got a website. You can order it there. Okay. Uh, how, how could someone con- get a hold of your book? In e- uh, on Amazon, I was going to say. <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> on, okay. on Amazon. Or you can just pretty much get it from me too, but... Uh, you can if you want to fast like you know quickly you can just get it on Amazon two days in at, at your door the African in America book but the um, the different people of color in the United States having trouble getting along with each other is a yes. fascinating topic at the yes. boxing gym where I currently go I've heard a couple of my teammates who are African Americans right. say that if they are neighbors with some people from Africa yes they feel yeah. That the Africans don't like them. Don't like them. Yeah. Okay. And the reason is they call them lazy. They have all these mean things to say about mm-hmm. them, things like that. So, seeing the different perspectives, I managed a restaurant for a couple of years uh-huh. and it was majority African American and Hispanic. Right. So, Guatemalan, uh, Peru, Mexican, you know, different, different, different Latin American countries. Right. And I found it very interesting that the oftentimes the African American and the Hispanic people they all didn't get along with each other yes, uh, i'm like i'm the one of the few white guys here and i'm like what the hell is going on here trying to figure it out i'm trying like what the hell type of shit i never really knew about these inner uh uh disagreements yes. shit like i i'm like you know I, I went to school full disclosure in oldham county i went to oldham county schools very small percentage of mm-hmm. like three african-americans or five african-americans in my graduating class couple hispanics 
uh, I don't think we had anyone actually from Africa. So I, it was a new thing to me to learn about. And then also, of course, my wife's Cuban. I've heard that on occasion, African-Americans and Cubans don't get along yeah. with each other. You know, for example, Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. is uh, the founders, the creators of Black Lives Matter are Marxists. They describe themselves as Marxists. Oh. Okay. And Marxism, of course, is what has caused for many years in Cuba this horrible regime. Wow. So you have people saying Black Lives Matter, and then you have the Cubans like, what are you talking about? Fuck Black Lives. You know, right, they're yeah. very not happy about it. And so it's like, <laughs> it does not does not match up well. It does not match up. Yeah, so wow. it's interesting to learn. And that's just one dynamic between the Cubans and African Americans. And that doesn't, of course, mean all Cubans don't get along with African Americans. No, 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 it doesn't not mean yeah. that. Yeah, and Nini, it doesn't mean you don't have any African American friends. Yes, it does not mean that either. But it is fascinating to learn a little bit more about the Cuban restaurant La Bodeguita de Mimi mm-hmm. during the summer of 2020, or shortly thereafter. I think they the Black Lives Matter started protesting, saying the Cuban restaurant had to hire more African Americans to work there. Wow, outside of the Cuban restaurant and the Cuban restaurant owner uh-huh. uh, Fernando he was like he did not buy into any of that he was like you guys oh, wow. we are black we are black who the hell are you to tell us what we're doing he got very mad it was all over the news wow so to Owned see the, the hostility it was a big deal yes it wow. was all over uh, Fernando has been you know very outspoken about certain things politically wow. um, but it's a um, fascinating topic um, did you learn anything from writing about from writing the book, The African in America. And if you ha- has it prompted any interesting conversations you've had, maybe with African-Americans or people from different cultures? Mm-hmm. What have you learned while writing the book and since writing The African in America? Wow. Uh, w- while writing the book, first of all, I learned a lot in just, you know, thinking about the topic. And then when I started r- writing the book, I started asking questions like, I would go up to like an African American and I said, "Hey, you know, why you don't like Africans?" Mm. And then the only answer I get most of the time is because they don't like me. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's the same thing the yes, other way. It's but, like, but that's the same thing you've experienced yes, also. Yes, and I, I'm I'm thinking like, wait, so you thought I didn't like you? Yes. So and then I said, so why, like most Africans or any uh like black that's like new to the United States, the African-Americans always made fun of, like, you know, I would ask this question and they always like, because we want to like, uh, uh, the specific person that I'm talking to would say something like, because I wanted to say something before you, we're mean. yeah, like I wanted to like basically like get ahead of you before you get ahead of me type of stuff. And uh, one thing I really, really learned is that like when we come to United States, uh, as I don't think it's just Africans, it's anybody that is like from another country coming okay. to the United States. We come here as like we are all social. Like we want to get to know people. We want to learn English. We want to talk to everybody. Take advantage of yeah, opportunities. Like just, if there's just, a job, you want to work. You want to move up. And yes, be we just want to interact. We just want to be like just interact with people. But then the longer you stay here, the more you become your own box because now you just like because everybody looks like it just they just wanna they just wanna attack you or or they don't wanna be part of you or like you know i'm talking about not just like uh 
the Africans or the African in America. I'm talking about everybody here. So it's like when I'm like, you know, you're white, so you might be cool with me, but when I go to another side, some white person might not like me, just looking at me like I'm some kind of weird person or something. Yeah, yeah. and, and that, I, in, a, in a way, that's probably human nature to a degree. That's true. It's true. Like if you go to, if I were to go to um, Kenya, and there's no white people in that little city, maybe. I walk down the street, people may be like, what the hell is that guy up to? Maybe. Uh, I don't know about that. Because the Kenya, they don't, we don't do that. Kenya, oh, really? No, yeah, we yeah. don't do that. We don't, like in Kenya, from my experience, Okay. and I just went there recently too. Okay. When we see people from, uh, like when we see someone from outsider, like, you know, like don't belong there. We want. We are interested. Like we want to learn about this okay. person. You know, we want to be like, wait a minute, what the hell's going on yeah. with this white guy? But yeah. you're not mad at him. No, like we like we need. We we want to talk to him. Okay. But here it's not like that. If you go in a certain community that's just a white person, white people, and like you, the black, you're gonna go to jail. They're okay. gonna call the cops on you. Over there, you know, just like without ever having talked without to you. having to say anything. Okay. And it could be easily just be like, you know, you, you might be lost or something and you're just trying to figure it out the neighborhood and, and, you know, and somewhere, sometimes some people make, you know, hey, who are you or what do you want? They may say that, but most of the people, they're just going to be in their house. They won't even talk to you, you know. They're intimidated. Yes. It, it's I different. About intimidate. I don't know about. They what, just, maybe it feel, makes them feel uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, I would say, yeah. Makes they don't know what to expect. What to expect. You look very different. I would say that. But. You know, and it's the same way with the African-American community, too. You know, as Africans, when I go in the African-American community, like, you know, like the so-called, like, the hood, you know, because that's where I grew up. Like, but if I go to, like, a place that I'm not familiar with, like, it's just, you know, if I was just to go there and want to go and ask directions, someone like, hey, you know, I don't belong here, but where, you know, people will look at you differently. Like, it's just like, hmm, you know, and some of them, they won't even talk to you. My, like you're lucky if you don't get robbed or or you know even get shot, you know because people don't trust people as much here, you know. Interesting. But in Kenya, people are easy. For me, I found like people are easy to trust someone else that they don't even they don't even know. Interesting. Like they just like you know you talk to them, just smiling, you know, socialing, like you know trying to, you know, just like they're not like they're not in a box when like when it comes to like interacting with people so when i come over here i'm like you know that i have that uh what is it called that uh mindset of like just talking to everybody then when i come here after staying here for a long time and i see it from every uh community every group every group like it can be like you know asian communities uh uh the white communities the this community that community I feel like, you know, this, you know, on the African in America that talks about that, too, I talk about that too, because it's like, we just all dividing ourselves into communities. We're mm. not really, we are Americans, but we're not really Americans. You know what I mean? Because we are like, we're calling ourselves Americans. But what that means is like, when you call yourself American, that means you gotta, like, there's, it shouldn't be like, I'm in my own circle. Mm -hmm. And you can't come in here with, if you're not in my own, like, if you're not one of my own, you know, because... Uh, I find that like Asians don't you will never see Asians in the in the in the in the African community area. You don't see you may see some African com area uh, Africans in Asian communities and stuff like that, but you don't see a lot of Asians in African community. You may see some white in African communities and but when it comes to black 
in a white community is like rare. Like I'm talking about like you know like there's community or that way that's like just white. And when you go there, it's just like you know it's like they look at you like yes an alien. <laughs> Right, look at you like an <laughs> something like that, right? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, if you look very you different, can, yes. your skin's very dark. You look completely different yeah. than everybody else there. Yes. So you get I, some weird looks. When I wrote the African in America, I'm like, you know, I just want to make people understand that you're not who you think who you think we are. Like, you know, you we we are this we are people that are on this earth that just want to get along with everybody. You know, we want to live our life just the same way you want to live your life. We want to be happy. We want to we want to have the opportunity that you have. You know, that's that's why I wrote the African in America. And, and I wanted people to just learn that uh, we all started somewhere. Now we're in America together. What can we do to, you know, to build each other up? And then, you know, a lot of people, I've seen some people calling my movement like a racism, you know, like they, your movement yeah, is racist. As racist, yes. And they were like, oh, so uh, your movement is racist because it's saying the African in America. Like, like what you're, about I'm not African, you know? They want you to just say you're an American. Yeah. I don't know if they want me to just say I'm an American, but they're they saying that like the African in America is like, you know, when you are like, you white, right? <laughs> you may not want to wear the African in America because you think you're not African, you know? Okay. But for me, I'm I would not, wear it. I'm I'm not looking at that. I'm I'm looking at like yes, you are African because in a, like in in a DNA, uh, like if we if we were to trace a human whatever, like we were all belonged somewhere. So uh, I was I was for me it was just like it's for everybody, and not only that, but when you when when I see you wearing it, when somebody else, it's more likely to bring people together more than just like you know divide each other's out. So that's why I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about about okay. racism. So it's it's really interesting because the more I see, you know, people talk about it about like, you know, some people are like, you know, many people like actually wear it and they actually love what it represents. They will a white person will wear the yeah. African in America shirt. Yes, yes. So it don't matter uh, where you are from and. Uh, how you got to United States because at somewhere, some point we just, we came to United States. Even like I said, like, you know, I might come from African stuff, but I will have kid one day over here. And they will be completely American. Yes. And it could be president of the United States. That, yeah. And not only that, like if I was to get married, like, uh, like, uh, a white girl, right. And I have kid with her, mm -hmm. that kid ends up to go and having kid. That kid, the, my grandson may not look anywhere like me. He may even be look just exactly white, you know, just because there are some. What? Well, yeah, that does happen. It, I've seen it, where it gets. Yes, to where it generation turns into is just basically a white kid. Yes, yes it just it gets lost. So it's like I don't see any difference in that, you know, unless like you just made a black and then you just want to like you know that's the difference. But when you are like you know uh, just interacting different people you'll produce different skin texture, different, you know, and that's what I see. The African in America is like, I'm like, yes, we all are the African in America. Whether you like, whether you believe it or you like it or you don't like it, it doesn't matter to me because I see it that way. Okay. And whoever else sees it that way with me, then, you know, creates a movement where we can, you know, get along. 
One day. Uh, um, it's a very interesting topic. You have uh, uh, minorities in the United States are, for the most part, considered, even if they're not, to be politically more to the left. It's true. Okay. Now, obviously, there are exceptions. Many Cubans, of course, are big-time Republicans. Um, Cubans is, is uh, or if someone escaped, you know, any type of specific Vietnam, for example, uh, a communist regime, they want to come here and they're, they're not going to support a government that looks anything like what they escaped. Um, uh, an interesting guy that I interviewed about a year ago now was, is named Wilf, Dr. Wilfred Riley, a light-skinned African-American guy. He teaches at Kentucky State University. Wow. Okay, okay. so a predominantly black, historically uh, black college and university in Kentucky, of course. Mm-hmm. And he is leans politically more to the right. Okay, very interesting. Almost wow. surprprising, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're following. So he, he is a fascinating guy. He's written many books also. One of them is called "Hate Crime Hoax." Mm-hmm. where he wrote a book about the crazy number of, like, Jesse Smollett. Wow. Do you remember him? Yes. Jesse Smollett is the one who was a, a famous actor on a television show, black guy, and he claimed that, I think it was in Chicago, he was beat up, and people put a noose around his neck, and it was, they were saying, like, make America great again. There were Trump supporters, and they tried to kill him, and he reported it to the police, but then it later came out, he made the whole thing up. So the whole thing was fake. I'm not saying all hate crimes at all are fake. I'm not saying that. But, right. but Wilfred Riley of Kentucky State University, very fascinating interview. I want to chat with him again sometime soon, wrote a book once again called Hate Crime Hoax. It says, how the left is selling the right. a fake race war is what his title is. How the left is selling a fake race war. So there Who's are diff- the left? The left, he would say, are the Democrats. Like, so the African, basically, is basically the African-Americans, basically. In a, most well, of the America, actually, the, I would say more so white liberals. Oh, okay. Right? Mm. Think about it. Who are the ones who talk mostly about race in the United States? I would say what? white liberals. It, it, not always, of course, but I'm saying <laughs> this is a difficult topic. <laughs> it is, but it's good to discuss, okay? It is good you have, to discuss. It, it yeah. is good to discuss. You have white people who are, maybe vote for Joe Biden right. or they're big... Uh, supporters of uh, Barack Obama or Mm -hmm. AOC, things like that, more to the left. And they are, Mm -hmm. in large part, the ones who feed into a lot of the hostility that does occur. And it doesn't help the actual stuff that you're referring to. No, it doesn't. doesn't. That does not help. I know that that part. That does not help. If you're saying, well, racism is still alive and it's just as bad as it was 200, 300 years ago, like there, there has to be a line where people say, okay, racism or tribalism almost, does exist. White people normally hang out with white people. African-Americans normally hang out with African-Americans. Asians normally with them. Mm -hmm. And that's not always good. But there has to be a line where you take it away from the sensationalism of it, where you're trying to stir up or poke, ignite the flames of a a racial tension Mm -hmm. versus uh, uh, like the topic of your book, which I would say is actually a little bit different. Have you, what, what is the worst racism you have experienced since living in the United States, the worst. What race? a fun! What a fun topic is that? Oh. <laughs> the worst racism that I experienced. Yes, man, it's a lot. But yeah, let me see the worst. Uh, the worst, man. I 
I don't know, like, to be honest, because everything sounds worse to me, because anybody that will, that tells you, uh, go back to your country. Has that happened? A lot. Really? You know, yeah, a lot. Go back to your country. Is that most, mostly white people telling you that? Uh, go back to your country. Not all white people. I'm curious. I don't know. Not I have no people. idea. I've never heard that yes. said. You know, I believe Not you. Not all white, white country. Is, is some African-Americans tell me that before many times. Uh, what context? I was working at a, at okay, a, I'm sorry. Go on. I was working at a, at a community center. I'm not going to mention the name. Uh, I was working in, it's basically just African-Americans. And, you know, because the reason why I picked that job is because I wanted to, I'm, I'm coming in as the African in America author, trying to educate my people, which is the African-American community, saying like, you know, hey, it's not what you guys think. Mm. We are, you know, that's why I picked the job. But when I was there, like, you know, I'm talking about like kids, you know, I'm talking about kids that are like nine years old, 10 years old, telling me go back to Africa. Seriously? Yeah. And they are black, African-Americans straight up. And I'm like, who taught you this? They're like, uh, some, some will actually mention my, my dad, you know, like stuff like that, or my mom, you know, because I, and I learned this uh, and I was like, so it, 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 it took me back to my memory when I was in high school. This kids I was in the school with always saying like, oh, Africans are this. They're not, they're not clean and this and that, you know. And it took me back there. It's like, how did they learn that? They don't know Africans unless they interact with one or yeah, someone yeah. told them one, right? So then when that kid told me, it's like, oh, so your parents are the one that's telling you guys Africans are bad or Africans are this and that. And then when you take that to school, now you're like looking at, you're a kid, looking oh, yeah. at another African kid. like You, you automatically are, don't like them. Yes. Uh, you automatically don't want to like, you know, it's just like whenever I'm sitting right next to you, like they just move their Scoot chair. a little bit away. Yes. So that was the worst thing. I'm like, you know, because I'm. Because it was a at, kid. That's yes. very discouraging. Yes. I'm like this little kid. I'm looking at him as like, like my brother my little brother you were trying to help. yeah i'm like yes but you know after a while i was able to get to you know to win them you know just hanging in there you know but they, so many times you know it'll be like a kid that's either uh, a little girl or a little boy you know like go back to africa you know like what do you even know what africa is like Did you point to it on the, a, a know, globe they won't even like they don't even know any a single country in Africa. They only the only thing they know is the name, the Africa. That's it. And I'm like, okay. So then that that was like one of the worst things was like, you know. I, I can imagine that doesn't sound very pleasant. No. And but when a white person says it, you know, I don't look at it as much as hostility as it is when a black person says it. Why to is me. that? Because you expect to get along with the black person more? Yes. Because I expect this person to say, hey, you know what? Uh, we together like we like you know the same you know and I also learned like even if you tell me that you got someone like if another white person not all white people obviously but I'm saying like you know if a white, a white person that was like you know don't like black people or something like that they don't look at me any different than you you know they're gonna, he, he or she is going to look at me and you the same way as an Af as white an people will group Africans in kind of with African Americans they're it both black yeah they both they, yes that's what I'm saying like they they 
they're going to look at me as black, regardless of what you tell me as you are black, you know. Okay. And that's when I try to get my movement. It's like, it's, you know, uh, we need to find a way here. You know, like I try to tell, you know, when I was in at that place, you know, I try to tell the kids, you know, hey, this is not what you think. You know, I, I have experienced this in high school, but I want to teach you guys not to go to school and tell another African that go back to Africa because at the end of the day, you are an African too because why would someone call you African-American if you wasn't African, Yeah, you see? And, and some people don't even claim Africa, like some black people. So it's like so the whole world is so confused because some will tell you, I'm just a black. I'm not an African. I'm, I'm, uh, don't, you know, don't even put me in that category of African. Mm. I'm just a black, black American. I'm like, cool, that's fine. You black American. You know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going to force you into Africa and stuff, but it tells me you are African. I don't care what you say to yourself to me, but, you know, it's, it's, it's so hard. But that was one of the things that I face is like when people tell you like, hey, I go back to Africa. I'm like, but I got, I got so used to it, so I don't, it doesn't even bother me anymore. Has it happened recently? Uh, recently, no. Okay. Yeah. Recently, no. But when, uh, you know, so since I... Uh, I started like you know the African in America movement, and the more people supporting it, the more I see like you know things for me in my eyes, you know, changing in my community at uh, at least, you know. So I want to get that into like every community, like you know, it, it, you know, just anybody wearing it. It's it's uh, what is it called? Like when someone else sees you, it doesn't matter who it is. It can be an Asian person, it can be a white person, it can be a black person, it can be whatever you want to call it right whenever they see that they read it and they like it, it, it what is it called you get a little bit puzzled like your mind like hmm wait a minute like if i very yeah. white guy and we're walking down the street wearing yeah. a shirt that says uh, gonna, the african in america. america somebody's gonna get puzzled like wait yeah a minute. you know what i mean but then it helps other people. it stimulates their brain though exactly. it makes them think what the fuck is going on yes, here something's but, happening but that's one. That's that's the thing, though, because the more people wear it like that, is it, it creates like, hey, wait a minute, you know, because it, it creates more like a people coming together trying to talk to each other and stuff. And that's why I I, I made it that way, you know. And some people, you know, just don't want to talk to anybody, so it's fine. But you know, and I look at because I studied uh, a, a lot of like logos, designs, you know, all this, even the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff, and. To be honest, I didn't get. A, I didn't really. Uh, I didn't really understand the Black Lives Matter. You know, like I. I didn't really understand. You know, I understand that. You know, like you know, it's, it's specifically saying you know, like you know, you're not protecting Black community more than the you, police you know. brutality. Yeah, I the, think uh, a we, defender of Black Lives yes. Matter. If they were here right now, they would say it was but, about but, the police brutality. Yes. So that's one. The last, that's what. That's the only thing I got away. I got away from. You know what I mean? Anything else that people were doing, it wasn't like. I didn't see it. But then I was like, huh, okay, you know, the African in America, Black Lives Matter, you know. Okay, I see it, you know. But I, I just say, like, everywhere you go to, you know, there'll be bad people, good people. And that's just how the world is going to be, regardless of what you do. You can't bring everybody together. Sure. That's just... Utopian. Well, yeah, we, it will never happen. You know, I might, if you get along, we get along, and you get along with my movement, you like my movement, you want to support it, and other people come join you, not everybody's going to join you, sure. you know what I mean? But if you get, you know, half of the country 
you're not going to get the other half of the country. There's just, no way. There's no you, way. Uh, there's no such thing as a perfect uh, utopian exactly, world. There's exactly. Not. So it's like the same way. Like some people like Nikes more than Adidas. Some people will never wear a Nikes because they don't even like Nikes. Okay. See, so it's like that to, for me. And so whoever wants to support it, support it. You know, whoever doesn't feel, they feel like they feel uncomfortable and, you know, you know it's fine. It's, it's, it's your choice. Uh, an interesting um, study that I've read a couple times recently has been of the immigrants who come to the United States, the immigrants who have the highest levels of education and then also financial success, according to these two reports that I read, were Nigerians. Yes, definitely, 100%. Okay. And, and that, that's, Africans. that's about as dark as you get. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So that at least means something that there you... You come here, you work, take advantage of opportunities. Definitely. You can, in fact, it is still, at least too many, the land of opportunity right. for some. I Not to say, everyone. I would say the reason why it's like Nigerians is because, you know, it, I think the second community, I would say Somalians. Okay. You know, if it's Nigeria number one and uh, to, uh, to succeed in, a, in, a, in the United States in terms of business, and, I think I would say the second people will be like, uh, uh, Somalians because you know as Somalians it's like you know we determined to do things to to, to start something uh, and then go continue doing uh, you know putting, bringing people into our business or building things we, we like that but you know that just tells you how much like opportunity that's out here in the United States that many people don't, don't actually see I see I seen a lot of people you know, as I was talking about my movement, some people were like, yeah, you know, Africans come over here and they just, uh, they think they better than us. They, they, they want to, they get a, what is it called? Like, you know, uh, they taking over our jobs. They doing all this and that. I'm like, we in the same country together. Yeah, you can How get am I taking your job? Yeah. yeah. Even, especially if you were here before me. I just got here. Yeah. I didn't speak English. I couldn't read and write. And look what I'm doing right now. Could you not do the same thing? Especially if you were born here, grew up here, then like you know about your country is basically a, 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 a cap, capitalist. <laughs> like a capital, cap, capital, capitalist. Is, yeah, capitalist country where you, you got so much opportunity out there. It doesn't even have to be you starting a business. It can be just like getting a job. Some people just don't want to do nothing. But when you do something... They want to hate on you, you know. They want to blame you for what's happening in the country. They want It's not like that. Even the people that, you know, it don't matter who it is. Even the people that were, like, born here as ancestry, like, and they have big companies and stuff. They see you, they see the country that way. they like, hey, this country is a country of opportunity, you know. Other countries, you don't really get that. When I was in Colombia... I seen so many people looking for job. Like they can't mm. even find McDonald's job. Mm-hmm. And like when you say you you're from America, they they pretty much talk to you about like the opportunities there. I want to go there. People are not coming here to like just to what is it called to live? Because if you just want to leave, there's a lot of other countries where like just to so bar- nice. barely get just by. Leave. Yeah, yeah you just can barely leave. get by. That's right. not what they're coming here. No, to do. that's not what they. No, nobody's gonna come here just thinking like I just want to come here and just want to get by and just live my life. No, you 
everybody, even like all the immigrants, the first thing they uh, they come in here for is like education. Oh my God, my wife yeah. with education with her daughter. That's it. With my two kids, yes. I've got my two white kids, and I'm like, you guys try hard in school. If you get a C. That's it's it. okay. I still love you. Yeah. My wife with her daughter, my stepdaughter, you have to get straight A's. Like education is everything. Everything. everything for I think immigrant parents it's are like very that. different. They're yes. like, we didn't come here for you to dick around and not do anything. And you were coming here to get a, an education, then go out and get a job. job You're yes. not trying to look like an no, idiot. No, 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 no. That's, the, that's, that's for every immigrant person that's coming to the United States. And you can even go to the airport and just find one immigrant that's pulling up and just ask the first question you ask him, why did you come to the United States? Just ask them. They're not gonna tell you, oh, I wanna, I came here for just to collect you know, welfare. To no, no, they're not gonna tell you that. They're gonna tell you, I came here to build a better life for my family, or I want my kids to have a better life, which means having education and then going out there getting a job, or even that maybe start a business somewhere down the line. That's what it means, and and I feel like everybody in 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 the United States can do it, and like I said, not everything. It's out here, like, and not everything uh, is out here people are going to take advantage of. But some people, they will. And those who don't, they're going to look at you like you are the problem. But you're really not, you know. So, yeah, that's... The, the African-American experience in the United States is very interesting. Um, some of the statistics as far as, like, crimes and things are not necessarily flattering for the community Mm -mm. there's a lot of if you look at like all the murders in the united states a big portion of them are african-americans killing other african-americans some people will say that me saying that means i'm racist or something i don't you know whatever if you think that that's fine okay but but regardless of the what you take away from it there's something to that there's something to that and and there hopefully there's ways to make that experience better i don't know what the exact solutions um or, but the, 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 the welfare state, for example, I don't think has helped since the 1960s. The introduction and the implementation of the welfare it a state bit worse. has made it worse is what most, from what I most see, studies, uh, you have people who there's less incentive maybe for a father to stick around with their children. That would be much better. But that's, you know, it's, like I said, it, it's, it doesn't, it's not happening. For a father to stick around with their kids, that's huge. That's like the number one thing people should always be talking about, but they don't talk about. Do you have a good relationship with your father? Yeah. Where does he live? Here. What does he do? Without going into all his personal business, what does he do? He works just like, you know, regular American, you know. Factory job or something? he works, yeah. He likes it here? Oh, yeah, he loves it here. Likes it here more than Kenya? Uh... I don't know about that. Okay. Because he will tell you certain things that he likes here, and then he will tell you certain things that he doesn't like Okay, here. okay. And then, but he does like the fact that he, he's able to work and, you know, make up, you know, what is it called? Support the family, you know. Okay. But. He's not considering going back. He, he, he want to, con- he consider, he consider goes going back, not leaving. Just to visit. Just visit, you know, yeah. Help out the family there uh, that can come over here. Is he sending, this is all personal, you don't have to answer these questions. Mm-hmm. Does he send money back to his family? Of course. There? Okay. What kind of family that you live in the United States and you got your family back home and you can't send money? Yeah. That one's just like, that's just the number one, that, that 
that would sh- I mean that should tell you why the United States is like you know really important for many people. You come over here, you got family out there struggling, and then you try to help out. You know, if you put food on someone's table, that 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 person have no opportunity or you know they they have I mean the opportunity there is like really small, limited, and it's hard for them to you know you you try to help out as much as you can, and that's what my parents do. You know, they help out their families, and 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 that's just how it's gonna be. <laughs> do you have any siblings? Yeah, they uh, li- they live here. Yeah. They are actually born here. They don't even know what, <laughs> you know, Africa looks like, except what they saw in the map or something, you know. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, African, uh, African-Americans African don't understand that. They think everybody that's like, you know, uh, come from Africa is just like, they don't, they just, you know. My yeah. siblings, like, when, they used to, when you speak about Africa, they want to, they sit down, they want to listen, they want to hear what's, what's out there, you know. Uh, and they want to go someday, you know, when they grow older. But they're like, hey, Nini, can you tell us what, you know? And I educate them. I, hey, this is what it is. How be, this is how people live. And this, you know? But when they go to school, other kids think they're not from here. Because they look African. They look African. So Do they have like, a little bit of an accent or no? No, they have no accent just, at all. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, you can tell sometimes, like, you know, you know, because of the way they dress up. I could look at you and guess that you were probably not yeah, just from, a regular yeah, African-American. Yes, like that. So it's... Same thing. It's the same thing. So that's why I said, you know, the African in America is just people need to, like, I'm trying to educate people. It doesn't matter how long you've been, you're here. You're going to have kids. Your kids will have kids. It's going to be, it's going to change. Things going to change. So that change comes down to, like, what have you been teaching your kid? Mm, that goes back to the father thing? Yes. Not just father, mother too. Mother too, but what have you been teaching these kids? So most of the most of the, the families, they're not really teaching anything their kids. They they just go out there to school, come back home. They don't teach them history. They don't teach them uh, like how their family started. So they get lost in between. And then when they get lost in between, later on when they have their own kids, they don't really have any history to teach. Because the history they've been taught is just the civil war in America, the how the Spanish came here and how the French was this and and how the how George Washington took over United States and and how Thanksgiving happened in this way and that's all they know, but they don't really know exactly how their family got here, and also that the slavery happened and people in Africa was brought from uh, Africa and they brought here, but was that really what happened exactly? You know. We don't really know. We know what we are told in the history books. But those history books can be lying to us. You know, and that's the way I look at it. Like, you know, but but if you start generation family thing, you teach your kid. Your teacher your t- kid will teach the other one that his his kid, his kid, his kid. Then nothing gets lost. And another thing I seen uh, on people getting lost is uh like families getting lost in between is like you have a kid now, right? I, I do. I have three. Two biological so, and my stepdaughter. So I have three kids. So the, your three kids, if you're from from my culture perspective, okay, so this, you, you don't have to, you know, you, you can look at it the way. I you don't have to take it personally. Yes. So. <laughs> and, and maybe I will. Maybe I will. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to take it. But what we do is like when I have a kid, I give that kid my name. Like I give that, he's, he's got a name, right? His second name will be my name. 
His third name will be his grandfather's name. And then fourth name will be that grandfather's father's name. Mm. So that way, like, whenever that kid's name is mentioned, it's like you're going back this, 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 this. So if I go to, like, back to someone and stuff, my grandfathers and stuff, they will, they will tell me all their grandfathers and who, who they were, what kind of, like, powerful family I came from. But in America, it's not like that. Interesting. In America, it's like a kid will, will born, they'll have a name, and they'll get a random last name. Maybe their mom's name, maybe their dad's it's, name. Yeah, Who it, knows? It's not even their dad's name. I mean, their first name is their first name. That That is not a family. Like, that's, that's oh, a name you pick for. I see what you mean. Okay. I'm talking about, like, a name later on can be traced back. So even the first name, like, Nini means something. Yes. So Nini is my name. Where'd that name come from? So... Nini is like a name that I'm given to, right? I'm talking about Nini Muhammad. Now, now Muhammad means in is my father's name. So it's like, who is Nini? If they say who's Nini, that's Mr. Muhammad's son. Then they look at my last name. What's my last name? Because it's, it's called it's Nini Muhammad. And then I got another name. Let's hear it. And then <laughs> it's, called, it's called Mahmoud. So Nini Muhammad Mahmoud. Yes. Mahmoud. Yes. Mahmoud. Yes. So how is that how where is that Mahmoud coming from? That's my grandfather's name. Okay. Your grandfather's last name. Yes, last last name. No, my grandfather's first name. Oh, because okay. they don't give your grandfather's last name to you. Because what after Mahmoud, then then Mahmoud's last name it'll come into your name now. Oh, okay. So because it's like it, it's you just passed down. Yes, it's passed down. What you, if you have a bunch of kids? We're a bunch of sons. Then you treat them like that. It's just, you, you just teach them. And you just So give when them you the have name. kids, mm-hmm. you have a son. Let's mm-hmm. say you meet a woman, you, you have a son. Mm-hmm. What's his name going to be? Let's see, my kid's name is uh, uh, Hassan. Like, I, I name him Hassan, right? Okay. And then his name will be Hassan Nini. And then Hassan Nini Muhammad. So then Nini is me. Muhammad is my dad's name. Mahmoud, Mahmoud is, your dad's is my dad. Yeah, so that's how it's gonna continue. Mm. But in 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 America, I don't know. I'm not saying it's all Americans, but some of them might still have that, you know. But for most, the most part, you're right. So for the most part, they're like your name is John, right? And then they will give you another random name that's not even in the family name or something like. That's not even in. The, it's it's not your like like your name. Like your name is Kelly. I don't know your your. What is your son name? My my full name is Ryan Kelly. Patrick Dugan. Okay, so who's My son, Patrick? Patrick is a family name, actually. Uh, it, it was a confirmation name. I was raised Catholic, so I chose uh, from St. Patrick. But if you look through my family, Ancestry.com, my um, grandmother's mother's last name was Patrick. So it wasn't a specific thing, no, it, but it is somewhere in the family thing. It is. Here's, here's the my question. daughter is Caitlin Ryan Dugan. So she does have my name. It's all random, though. That's and I just saying. chose to do that. It's not a system. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yes. I, I, I honestly don't trust ancestry thing. Okay. You know, have I, you done it? I, I, didn't do, I didn't do it, but I don't trust it. You don't trust it because you don't want them to track you? No, it's not that. I don't think it's actually, it's true. Okay. You know, because a lot of people, they will tell you, like, you know, when you put your name and stuff, they're going to, how do you know that is not even my actual family? It is interesting, though. I will say this. It has connected me with people. Like, I put it in, and it's like, oh, that, oh that's my Uncle Sean. And it does, 
it does connect without me even putting anything in. So it recognizes the DNA or something. So it does something. Mm, now, is it a that. good idea to do it? I don't know. Like, do I want the government to have access to my DNA and stuff? Maybe it was a I bad mean, idea. That's man, a different conversation. I mean, the government will have your DNA regardless of what you do, right? Probably. <laughs> you Unf- you, unfortunately. You in the United States, you can, you, you, it doesn't matter what you Even do. Even the, the United already, States, especially the United uh, yeah, States. Yes, you, maybe. I mean. You, you do whatever you want. The government has all your, uh, you know, information. If they, if you done any crime, anything, they will get you regardless. You know, as, especially if it's a bad, bad crime. You know what I mean? I hope that, not. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm so straight. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I haven't done any real bad crimes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You beat up people at the MMA. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's mostly friendly. Uh, I know, I know. No, but, it's an interesting topic. So to your point about the name thing, you were not just making the point about the name. Mm-hmm. You were also saying how important it is, it is important. to know who your father is, to know who Who's your grandpa, da- your father's father, father is, Who's and that they stood for something. And then yes. that gives you accountability, exactly. Nini. You know, and I like to, th- I would like to think that I also am proud of my father, right? And proud of my father's father, father who I named my son. My son's name is John Dugan. That's my grandfather's name. So I, to a degree, not the exact same. Um, and then when I die. I want to be remembered positively. Right. So my son and my daughters and their kids remember me. Kelly was a good man. He would, you know, he did this, he did that. Maybe he wasn't the richest man, (laughs) but he was just a good, you know, he was at least good. good, You know, I want to, so I think that does give you accountability. It does. And then hopefully you pass on, for example, uh, uh, Nini, let's say you continue to write books. You have your, the African in America organization um, and you enjoy it, you work as a counselor, and then you have a, a, some kids, okay? Yeah. And yes. then they, they come into this world and they see the world in a opportunity lens. Yes. So they say, I can do anything. I can and do maybe it. then they start some random business or they do this or they do that because their father was, was exi- existed in their life. Uh, uh, as that person that gives them the way, you know, to look. Influence them to to where they know they can do anything. anything. Then they do something. I think Jim Carrey, the comedian, do you know who that is? Okay, he gave a speech about how his, and he's probably real crazy politically. I don't know, but this speech was cool. He said that his father was a stand-up comedian who didn't do very well. He was not, he was okay. He loved it, but he never made any money. He was a failed stand-up comedian. But, But he opened a door for his... Son. He taught his son, this is what you could do. You know, you do this, you do that. Exactly. And then his son was like, okay. So his father influenced him. And then he became like one of the greatest stand-up comedians ever. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes it's not you you who benefit from what you start. It's from other people or or someone from your family member. Uh, and, And that's how the world is. But people don't, like, some people don't see it like that. They think, oh, you know, the African in America... You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, if I don't benefit from like, you know, hey, let's see if I don't uh, get it like, let's see if I don't get it as big as I, as I want to in, in like bringing people together. The African-American organization, if it doesn't grow to what you dream you it dream could, into, it's but not some, the, the biggest that you dream it could be, at least it's something. Yes. And then, and then someone else might come in between and just skyrocket you know what i mean at least you're doing something you believe in yes something you feel strongly about you stand for something you have uh uh, moral convictions Mm -hmm. 
right? You yes. know that it stands for That's something that you actually feel good about. Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, and then it'll just build on from there. You will not regret. There's no way you will look back and no. re- regret. No. Oh, that organization where I was trying to bring people together. It didn't work. I regret that nah, time. Nah. I regret. I should have never tried that. No. What a bad thing. No, no. But here's the thing. There was, when I, now I don't, you know, there was a time when I first started, like two years, because I started African America in 2018. Okay. And I think that's around when I met you. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that was the first time I, I even printed a shirt. So every time when at uh, that first time, like, you know, people will like, you know, tell you like how, how horrible it is and how, how you are like, you're not going to make it this one in anywhere. No one is going to People would tell this. you that? Yeah. No, like, this is like my close friends, uh, close family. like, what are you doing? What does this even mean? This don't make any sense. Other Africans? Yes. This don't even make any sense. I'm like, okay. They look at it. But in, in, in saying that, when I go, like, in my own zone, it hurt me bad. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, I'm not motivated, you know. Like, but I still have the, you know, w- what it stands for. But I'm, like, debating myself in here. Like, like you know, what if this is, like, you know, like, what is people don't want to, like, you know, support it? What is people, you know, I'm thinking that. So when I go out, like, someone else will tell me different. Some, and then... The longer I stood up, like, you know, the longer I just, like, you know what, just keep on going, keep on going. And then, like, the, the more it became, like, natural to me. Like, it's like, to now your, it's like. To your. Yeah, so it's like, it doesn't even feel anything anymore. So it's like, when people say something negative about it, like, and then I have things to say back. And then people get stuck, like, oh, you know. Now I'm, I'm, I'm challenging, challenging them now. You know, but before it's like, because when you start things, like it's, it's always, you know, you got, you, you're still learning to put the piece together and stuff, like how you want to approach it to someone, how you, you know, when someone says to you something, how you're going to bounce back from that, you know, you're always learning. So uh, in that, I learned, I learned, I learned, and now, you know, I always got something to say about when people try to put me down, you know, like, it's, it's, it's not even easy. It's not even, it doesn't even, like, Face you. It, it doesn't even phase me, yeah. So, you know, it's important to, like, when you uh, stand for something, it makes you a different person, you know. There was a time, like, you know, sometimes, like, like there was a time where I almost got in a fight trying to defend my, my brand, you know. Really? Yeah. Yes. You know, like, uh, you know, it was like, you know, it, it, get out of, it was getting out of hand. I had to stop myself, you know. And that's one thing I learned about psychology because, you know, and I, that's why I'm glad that I actually studied psychology because there are so, so many things that if I didn't, I think if I didn't study psychology, I think I would have been like, because uh, I used to have like, like angry, uh, angry problem. Like I get mad, like everything makes me mad. Like just. Really? Yes. And then Coach Schultz talked to you. It, it, yes. That was the start of it until, and then when I went to college and then I, you know, I started, started studying and, you know. Started connecting with you. Don't seem people. angry at all to me. I've never seen you like that. No, I'm, I'm We've not done like some that anymore. Boxing and kickboxing, and I've yeah. never seen you seem angry, right? <laughs> no, I'm not like that anymore. I'm not like that anymore. But you know, there, there are times because we humans, you know what I mean? Like, we do get mad, we do get angry. That's just the normal thing. If you say you don't ever get angry, that will be like surprising. But <laughs> well, it would mean I was a liar. <laughs> oh, yeah, you would yeah, be it would a liar. mean I was a liar. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So, 
I used to like I used to get like a blackout angry like if oh, I shit. if I'm getting if I get in a fight with somebody or something like that like sometimes I would black out I don't know what I, you won't even know what hit you basically wow. you know and and I used to remember like when I was a kid like uh, 10 years old 9 years old and uh, 11 years old like I would get in a fight with bigger people before and would, leaving Kenya yeah they would be beating me up and I'm not feeling anything mm. like like I like I would come home like bruised up like like you know, and then my my dad was like, "What happened?" Like, you know, I got in a fight. Like, what? You know, like you like almost want to go to hospital and stuff. But then when I came over here, you know, you know, I you know, and my dad done really good job because he was always advising me, like saying, "Don't get in a fight. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go to jail. Don't get you know, yeah, don't do this. Advice. Don't do that. You know, you don't want to mess up your social security. Blah blah. This and that. You know, because you can't get a job later on if you mess up your. Di- so that like stuck in my my head a little bit like in my mind so whenever i was at school there was so many things like you know the african in america there was so many things was happening that i could easily beat up people but i never like i i mean i do it i did beat up one person one time but in high was, school yeah <laughs> but that was that, that was that they had to like i had to beat that person up that was just it was it was no way around it care to tell us what happened uh it was <laughs> This was the only story that I have in high school. And since that day, I didn't really beat up anybody else. I tried to calm myself down from there on. Okay. But this was happening for like a long time. Like I would say like five months before I actually say, hey, I got I to gotta do something. You know, there was this kid, you know, every single time we come in a class, he has a girlfriend and like, you know, they just sitting in the back. They always writing things, throwing at me. And then some kid will read it. They would laughing. Every day. And then I go to the teacher. I say, hey, uh, this kid's over here. They're trying to bully me, you know. And, and, and I don't want to take, I, 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 I don't want to look like someone that's being bullied and not want to do anything, you know. Sure. And the teacher's like, oh, you're fine. She will talk to the, you know. And the teacher, I've sensed a little bit, the teachers didn't like uh, African kids. Mm. Uh, because... My English wasn't good. So when I talked to her, it's like, I don't understand what you're saying. Go sit down. Oh, okay. And I'm like, I, I just didn't really, want to deal with it. Yeah, that. and I'm like getting frustrated. You know, like sure. imagine you don't speak English. And you I can't, can't imagine. The yeah. only help you need is that teacher. And when you try to talk to that teacher, they basically telling you, I, I, I don't want to deal with, you know, like I don't want to hear what you're trying to say. Go sit down. Yeah. And you out here, like all these students over here, like, you know, just laughing at you. And I was one of those students that would sit in front of the, the, you know, the teacher. So I will never sit in the middle. I will never sit in the back. I'm always sitting in front. So I don't know what's happening back behind me. And I don't like looking back and like trying to start anything, you know. So I personally observed everything. And then there was one time like they, this kid, like, I mean, the same kid, like, you know, he would curse me out, call me like, you know, all kinds of names, tell me I'm stink, you know, this and that, like my shoes is bad, my clothes is this. And I'm just like, I don't Anything racial? Everything, like, you know, like, you, it, the same way to like go back to Africa and all this other stuff, like Damn. it's happening. And the, what makes it even worse, the whole class is supporting that. Every other kid, because I was the only African in that class, and the other there was one other African that was with me, and and he dropped out because of that. Was it mostly an African American or mostly white class? It was everybody mixed, just all sorts oh, of yeah, white and, when I, when and Hispanic. Uh, that class I don't remember because I don't really. Uh, that time was like yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I was still new, so I sure. didn't really 
differentiate people. You gotcha. Know? But I know black from white, you know. Sure. So I'm just sitting that one of my uh like the only African that I knew that was spoke the same language as me, he dropped out. Because it was too much. Yes, it was he like I'm talking about dropped out since T- until now, he doesn't have... Never went back to high school. Never went back to high school. At all? At all. Damn. Because of it. Nice guy? Yeah, nice guy. Until now, I know him. Until this day, you know? And then I said, like, I can't take this anymore, you know? So I went to the principal. I said, hey, you know, there's these kids. They doing all these things. They telling me this, this, and that. Every time I'm coming, like, I'm walking in a class, it's like a whole thing. Like, here you go. Look at him. Like, you know, he looks like he thinks, he, you know... And, I, you know, I don't really talk much in the class, too. So I, I talked to the principal. The principal's like, oh, you know, talk to your teacher. It's like, okay, go back to the class. Damn. Sit down. And then the same thing. The next day, the next day, the next day. Then there was one day we had to do, uh, this is a science class. There was one day we were, had to do, like, a, a science work. And I had to be in a group with the same kids. Mm. So we like you know they, they, they we divided you know they were we in one group. That's when I ha- this is when like things get you know real worse. So the kids' girlfriend, because you know my school was uniform at that time, and and, that, and I only had two uniforms, one white shirt and one black shirt. I didn't have any other shirt besides those two, and I would switch them like every day. Every day, yeah. I would watch this tonight. The morning I will wear this. The next day I will wear this other one, and I will watch this. The other, you know. So I was. I had this my well, my wife, and I. It was my favorite shirt. Like my dad would bring me two other shirts. I will never wear them. This was like you know, like I really like them. So this girl, like, and this is like it's a lot of things been happening previous time, and I, I just recorded that in my head. Everybody knows this. So this. Like, I was sitting there, you know, like, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm just, like, sitting because I can't really talk to them because every time I say a word, they make in fun of me. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. They'll let them do the science work. So I'm just sitting there, like, you know. And then the girl, his girlfriend, gets a marker and then show a mark on my shirt. Oh, my God. A black marker? Yes. On your white shirt? On my white shirt, like, she marks on my shirt. Oh, man, that was, like... When I say, I don't know what happened, I don't know what happened. I looked at my shirt, and I'm like, why did you do that? And, and then, then you, know you kicked she, her boyfriend's ass. Listen to this. <laughs> you know what she said? What you going to do? Ah, uh, that was like, that was like, it was like, what you going to do? What you going to do? You look, look at my shirt. I went, you know, I went, I grabbed every marker in that classroom. I opened all of them up. I went straight. She, she, she didn't know what I was doing. I was, I was like opening drawers, getting markers and stuff. And then I went to her and I marked all of her shirt. She wearing a white shirt too? Yeah. Because uh, most people, most kids, they wear white shirt. If not, it was black shirt. So it's like I marked all of her shirt. She was pissed. And then her boyfriend saw that. He, he like, like, shoved me and he was like a big guy you know like you know like you know like little chubby pushed me <laughs> when he pushed me the girl was like she she was like you know she's trying to jump on I, I this was the first and the last time i hit a girl oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know you, you might want to edit no that out, it's fine it's fine sounds like she deserved it if but, we're being honest I don't advocate hitting women. Neither do you. Uh, no, no. That was I'm telling you. That's that was the last, the first and the last time I hit a girl. Okay. 
I don't even remember how I like how it happened. I just remember like when she she was like flying, you know, just kicking me and stuff. I turned around, I smacked that girl. She was like, like immediately like, was, done. Yeah, you slapped was, her and she was out of the picture. And then the boyfriend comes up and the boyfriend like he, you know, cuz he was a little bit bigger than me. I brought like, you know, like WWE I, I grab a chair like I didn't even like you know it was it, it was not dope it's bending just like that chair that has like the little uh you know the school a desk have, like a desk but it's it's like a desk a chair connected to like a desk okay a tiny both. little desk yes. that you could sit in and it has a tiny little yes. desk attached I picked that up and I just hit him with it oh my god Boom. the kid knocked like blackout and then his friend was trying to jump me and then I like. He's trying to want to jump in, so I grabbed his friend, I put him on the ground, and I was like, just like just beating him up. And then, like three other people were like jumping me. They beating me up here, and I'm just like focused on this guy here. Like I'm like knocking him out, blood everywhere. And then the, the, they didn't even call the security; they called the police. They had to get like the because the, the security come was trying to get me off of this kid, and I'm just on him. So they couldn't get him off of me. They called the the police, and then they like five police trying to like just get me off of this kid and i'm just like going boom boom and like i'm trying to fight the police and everything then when i like when when i finally got my mind back together i'm in a principal office sitting down i was like what the hell am i doing here they're like the principal the, the principal's like nini you going to jail <laughs> how old were you <laughs> i was 15 <laughs> like you going to jail i was like what what did i do and then my hands were like bleeding everywhere. And then, like, what did I do? They were like, you, you got in a fight. You don't remember you got in a fight? I was like, I remember beating, hitting somebody, but that was it. They're like, oh, you blacked out? I was like, I think so. And then the principal was like, you know, I know you. You are, like, she was like, you are a good person. You are a good uh, a student. You never got in, a, in, a, in trouble in this school for the last two years. So I, and I, I remember you've been coming up to me about this situation. And then she, she said, uh, I'm going I'm to let you just go to like uh, detention for now. Wow. So she sent me to detention. After detention, the next day I was back in class. That's the all? Teacher, yes, the teacher was pissed. Nobody, fuck, nobody messed with you after and, that? Oh, after that, everybody was my friend. I'm telling you, like the it's like the whole school knew I, I like not to mess with not to, like the whole school's like every time I was like, hey Nini, hey Nini. Since that day, like I got along with it, and I and like when I'm saying like everybody didn't mess with me, I can see other students getting messed with, but when I'm like around, nobody says anything. You know, at the soccer team, the the football team, the bus, everybody knew my name. After that, everybody knew my name. They, matter of fact, they started coming watching our soccer games because they're like, you know, we know Nini. Like, let's, you know. Wow. Yeah. So I, I earned uh, their respect. Yes. That, that so was, you don't regret that? No, 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 no. I'll definitely not regret that. I, I had to teach some kids a lesson. But then the parents of that kid, everybody was like coming, you know, like, you know, this kid beat up my kid. Like, you know, I'm like, hey, you want to take me to jail? Your kid is about the same age as I am. If he wanted to, if he was, if he could have fight, he would have beat me up. Was it a white kid or a black kid? It was, it was, it's like two black kids and two white kids. They were friends. Just a group of. Yeah. They wow. were like, yeah. But since that day, the kid I beat up, 
became my friend too. Oh wow! Yeah, still after, to this day. Yeah, until this day, he, he, you know, he's he's like a bigger guy now. But like when I see you him, mean like, he's kind of he's kind of let himself go and gotten fat. Yeah, he, he got <laughs> is that what you mean? <laughs> let's just be honest. No, is that, yeah, it's, it's let's, we don't yeah, we don't have right. to mention his name, but yeah, you're right. Though. He should probably you know try yeah. to get on top of monitoring his true his, di- a lot, uh, his diet a little more. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's true. But that's what happened, and then, and then from there on, like you know, I just, I just want to be a, a, a good human being to people. Like I didn't want to fight anybody. I, I never want to fight anybody unless someone wants to fight me. Fair, yeah. You know, like I just, uh, you know, and I never start a fight. You know, even when arguments happen and stuff, I always, I'm, you would think I'm like scared when like things happen like you know like i will never i will probably be the one to run too yeah. like i will because you're you know, probably pretty fast yes <laughs> you're probably right? pretty, are you yes. yeah yeah but then if like if like if things get into like like hand hand and stuff like that then that's you know that's why i started taking the boxing lesson because what the boxing lesson does for me is like it's not just like i wanted to go on in a ring and stuff it's just it's just one way for me to like to refresh and like you know sure. i can still beat up somebody or something. Sure, yeah, yeah, and so, that's a good thing. So, you know, that is how I, you know, uh, I mean, that's how I grew up, you know, and, and, and that came from my dad because when I was in Kenya, when I was a kid, uh, like at the age of nine, eight, ten, my, every time when I get beat up, my dad will, will they will not give me food. Mm. Yes, he will be like, "You better go beat up. You better go fight back." Oh wow! Okay, like, so your dad was not upset with you when this no, happened in high school, no, was he? No, he was no. like, "Good job. No, you stood up for yourself." Yeah, like when I was in, in in Kenya, if if I got beat up and I come home crying, he would be like, "What happened? Some kid beat me up." Okay, lock the door. You're not coming back to my house. Damn. I, I it was like straight up. This was like growing up. Straight up, and then I would go, and like he would be like, "Show me the kid that beat you up." We'll go, and then I would be like that kid, the kid big, tall. It doesn't matter my size, even if he's younger than me, it doesn't matter. He'd be like, "Go fight back." Your dad would. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then he would be standing over there. <laughs> you had to. Yeah, and when his parents come trying to in 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 separate the fight between those two kids and me, he's gonna beat up that that dad. <laughs> Damn. So he'll be like, "Go fight." Even if that kid is beating me up, he wants just me to go fight. Even if you get beat up. Yes. Wow. And I would some some fights I would got I got beat up. I'm not gonna lie. You know what I mean? I got beat up, but he but I actually learned from that too. You know. And then he'd be like, "Yes, at least you went to fight. Never come home without fighting." He would tell me that. So and that when I came to US, I already had that mentality like I I cannot get bullied. You know, I don't care what people say. As long as you're not touching my skin, we're good. Sure. You can, and that's one of the African in America is like, when people like try to say like, go back to Africa, you're not hurting me. You're just saying, but when it comes to like hurting me. They physically do anything. That is when, yeah. They mark your shirt. They throw yeah, shit that's, at you. Yeah, that's when things, you know, I got to defend myself. Fair. But yeah, that was, 
you know, I thought that was really that was the only story I had that I got in a fight at this school. I'll take it. And, <laughs> not <laughs> exactly. a bad one. It involved a female too, so I mean that makes it even more exciting. Um, you know what it reminded me of, Nini, yeah. is I'm trying to learn Spanish also. You said you're working on Spanish. I, I'm telling you how much I want to learn Spanish, man. Like me I'm, too. That's why I want. I'm I do Duolingo. To... Have you ever done Duolingo? I'm about to download the. App, you should yeah. download Duolingo. We should connect. I am currently on a. 88 day streak okay. so after we finished but but i went to cancun mexico a few weeks ago with my wife Damn. it was beautiful beautiful but listen you told that story this reminded me i'm trying to learn spanish okay uh-huh. i go to mexico so for the first time in my life right i'm the outsider does that make sense <laughs> yeah and i'm trying to speak spanish now most of the people in there speak english too uh-huh. but i'm like no fuck it i'm in i'm in mexico i'm speaking spanish, spanish. Okay. That's the same way I felt. So okay. I'm like trying to speak Spanish. I'm like, you know, I want, I know how to say like, I want a piece of bread. Very basic things. Right. But I experienced kind of what you were talking about when you said you were in this, the, the class. You were the only African there. You would tell the teacher. They'd be like, I don't even understand you. They didn't want to talk to you. Right. On a couple occasions, I'm only speaking Spanish. These people would hear me trying to sound, trying to speak Spanish, not doing a very good job. And they would kind of laugh at me. Exactly. And I'm thinking... Like, I'm trying my best. Fuck Ex- you. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yes. Where I'm like, why are they being rude? Like, I'm just trying my best. Is that a problem? And so, to a small degree, that was, I was only there for a few days. Oh. <laughs> so, it's different. I, I'm not saying I can relate to what you've went through. But in a small degree, I did experience at least... A little bit. A little bit of me trying to assimilate, me trying to uh, uh, speak that language. And, people and then people kind of, of laughing at me. And I'm like... Why is this bitch laughing at me? I'm right. trying to. I'm trying to speak this language. It's the same way with me when I came here. I, I can only trying imagine to learn, in, trying to speak the English, and then someone is like, it's making I'm, fun of you when they're not speaking two languages. Exactly. It's it's not only that. It's like the whole crowd. Okay, like when yeah, yeah. like I, when you when you laughing like like you 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 can you deal tap with the it. other person like. You know, this like, guy's dumb. Yeah, look, it's, 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 it was like that. When in reality, you speak like four languages. For, they, they speak they one. Speak one. Yeah. So that was what was like, you know. I can imagine that would be frustrating. My wife has also told me stories uh, about, uh, you know, when she came and she would experience those types yeah. of things also. And I don't think people necessarily are trying to be rude. They're not really trying, yeah. But, but they are, regardless of whether they're they trying do, or not, yeah. they are being rude. And then it turns into, in your case, like a gang, gang up on type thing. Yep. So I think it's important to, to recognize uh, a lot when it comes to race relations in the united states racism does exist oh yeah tribalism yeah. does exist exists, yep. okay so i you know when you get minorities and you get people and they start talking about not leaning to the left or leaning more politically to the right like my wife does sometimes they get accused of being like a denying that racism exists yep. or you know things like that I, I think it's very important to differentiate that that's not at all uh, what you or what my wife or many cubans for example are saying um, it does exist, and it's important to address. True. true. Um, but I guess also that it, it's um, important to be as accurate as possible mm-hmm. when it comes to discussing race relations. Definitely. And there was the thing that I want to say is like, you know, the older I get, you know, I don't know about some other people that are getting older and what they're learning and stuff like that. But for me, you know, I look at this world in like, in like you know, it's a temporary thing, you know. We all gonna live, and we all somehow gonna die. Okay. So, like, 
so now when you know this, like I'm not, I'm not talking about just saying this because some people just say, oh yeah, we're just gonna live, we're just gonna die. Let me just have fun. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like understanding this in a deep down way. Literally, understand it. You could see me today. I die in a few yes. days, and you're like, so, I, I knew I Kelly. Knew, He's yes. dead now. That does happen. That's what I'm like. When you understand this deep thing, that's when when you start to to just everybody that comes in your way, you just want to help them. You just want to be a good person. You know what I mean? Okay. Because then, then like when you die, no one is gonna say Kelly was a bad person. Sure. He never actually talked to me, and I was his neighbor. You oh, know? okay. You know, like because some people they have neighbor, they never met their neighbor. Mm. You know, like you, you don't like you don't even like you are afraid to say hi to your own neighbor. That's just like that. Just gives you example. If you couldn't say hi to your neighbor, what do you think is gonna is gonna happen outside of your neighbor? Wow, you probably won't get yeah. along with everybody else. Fair, you see. So that's what I'm saying. Like you know, people don't see that, and then knowing that, like you know, we are in this world. Uh, I don't know how much like religious you are or how much God you believe in God. I've been going like to that. church lately you with know? my wife. Been going to back to a Catholic church, which is what I grew up in. So working on that a little bit. Okay. Wouldn't say I'm the most religious person <laughs> in the world. You're yeah. Muslim. Yes. Okay. So whenever you see that, it's like you know, the world. Like I and I also like picture like what was like 1800s, mm. 1700s. Uh, 1600 those people are not alive they all came got rich did their thing bought a car uh, uh slaved people died okay and we're gonna do the same thing we may do the same thing they did but we we're gonna live we're gonna we're gonna hate somebody we're gonna dislike these people we're gonna uh heartbroken we're gonna depressed here and there and then die you know and when i look at that way i'm like there is like that causes me to not even try to stress about anything. Mm. That causes me to learn to not just like, you know, look at everybody like I'm better than everybody because I'm not. Okay. You know, even if I have a lot of money, I'm not better than anybody. Sure. You know, so it's, it, it just teaches me to be uh, a, per, uh, a person that is for like can get along with everybody. And that's what, what, that's what my African, the African and America movement is. It's like because, you know, before, it's like you looking at it like this way, and then the more that you understand your own movement, it's like, wait a minute. It's not only these people or that people. It's about coming, bringing human nature itself, like, you know, trying to understand each other. You know, you can be Asian, and I can be, uh, uh, what is it called, like, African, and you still look at me like, if I was in Asia, I would be your brother. Okay. You know, if I were, if you was in Africa, you would be my brother or friend, you know, uh, and that's how I th I think like, you know, people need to start looking at everybody else. And instead of the saying like, oh, I'm an Asian, I got uh, I'm more educated than than the, uh, the African, you know, I, you know, mm. they, they dumb, you know, like that tells that that's ignorant, that's selfish. You don't want to help nobody, you know, and. And and it's happening in in the United States. This happens everywhere in the United States. Some people will look at you like you know just because they went to school or they were educated more or they can they think you know everybody else is just dumb you know just and which is you know they're not wrong sometimes but at least you know if you know that then if you run into somebody that you think needs to be educated more then educate them sure instead of like making yourself feel like superior yes instead of trying to you know. Have a moral high ground or uh, act like yep. you're better. 
Yep, because this high ground, you're gonna leave it somewhere, somehow, somewhere. You know what I mean? You're gonna have kids. Your kids, you, you, if if your kids don't die before you, you'll die before your kids. It's, it's, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, is is it doesn't matter? Because some people will try to tell you like, oh, you are like, you know, I don't have kids of my own, right? You know, and some of my family members, not my parents and stuff, but like they're like, you're 29 years old. You know, you don't have a kid yet. Like, how you know? Oh, what are you trying to represent yourself as? I was like. Does having a kid matters, or is it important for me to have kids? What is it gonna do for me? You know, like what what is my main goal of having kids? You mm. know what I mean? Do do I want them to represent me when I die, or do I want them to get uh, like I couldn't do a job that they, I want them to do for me? You know. But what about if my kid was became a serial killer? Mm. You know. What about if my kid was a disaster into this world? You know, like. They just running, rushing into having like talking about like I want to have kids, I want to have kids. But then when you have kids, that kid needs, you know, his father needs his mother to be exactly good people for them to be. And this happens like you know, and when I look at my neighborhood and stuff like that, like a lot of people have kids. But I'm telling you, like the past, uh, I would say since 2008 to like now. Those kids right now are like disaster. It's hard to control them. Where, they don't, where, where they don't do even respect their own family. What part of, you mind mentioning what area you live Southwest in? Louisville. Okay. You know what I mean? Like they don't even respect their own families. Mm. They don't even respect their own. Like if, I, if, I, if you are a kid and I'm your cousin and stuff and your kid won't respect me even if I'm related to you. That's an issue, yeah. So what you telling me like, you know, it's like when somebody says like, you know, I always say, you know, if I have kids, I want I want to I want to be there for them. I want their mom to be there. But what's happening is most people will have kids, the mom and the dad don't get along. Mm-hmm. They go on. Now you got custody, somebody has custody. Now you like a child supporter or now you do this and that. And now the kid is growing up in knowing that you guys are separated, knowing that like he only has access to like a, in a little time with your knowledge and your his mom's knowledge or whatever. And then he grows up thinking like I'm going to be the bigger man of my for myself. Mm. I'm going to learn this for myself. I'm going to you know and then ends up into are becoming nobody. So you're saying it is not necessarily admirable just to have kids. Yes. That is got, not admirable. That's not just... What is admirable is to do it the right way. The right... Yes. The right way. That's what I'm saying. When you have having kids, make sure you have it like, you know, both parents are there. Sure. And if you know, like, you're not... This is like when you're with somebody, right? And you know this person is not a person that you want to have kids with, then... Before you even do anything, you better get out of there. You know what I mean? Sure. Because some people, like, you know, they, it's all loving and caring from the beginning and stuff like that. Even a couple of years down the line, you know? But once you have kids and you guys live together, things change. Sure, yeah. Things change. You, may, you learn things that you don't, like, not even just learn things. Even if you knew things about them. You already knew just, them. You were just it, conveniently it, overlooking, overlooking them. them. And then it'll become an issue at the end of the day. Okay. And that's why a lot of, like, you'll see a lot of females with no husband, mm. with a lot of kids, boyfriend, stepfather. Some of them don't even have a stepfather. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, like, it's like, it's becoming, it's, uh, it's actually, it's becoming a normal thing now. It is. The it's, statistics it's, with it's, that stuff. Yes, it's a normal thing it's now. It's not good for you know, like, society. Yeah, no, it's not a good society because back then, 
people you'll see a lot of marriages a lot of people together remember? staying like together families, for yes. a long time and then and then they having kids they're, they're raising the kids right that's how the the national that's how they uh, is built the country it doesn't it's not built by i'm gonna have kids i'm gonna throw them over there i'm gonna have kids i'm gonna throw them over there sure. that's not how it's built you know but uh, hey man i can't really judge anybody Everybody does what they want to do, but they just is just the way I see it myself. I'm like, you know, because I got, I know a lot of friends. I, I mean, I have a lot of friends who have kids, and when I look at their kids, I can already see a future. Not always good. Not always good, and I was like, you raising your kid in the same environment you felt in. Okay. So you think your kid is gonna succeed in that environment? Mm-hmm. No. I wonder how the girl who marked on your shirt with the marker, I wonder how she's doing. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I knew how to go and to apologize to her for smacking up. <laughs> I, I don't know. I really don't know. Okay. Fair. But I know, I, I think I know her friend. Um, not, not I know her, but I've seen her. Okay. And I, it, it brings me back memories. I was trying to ask us, like, hey, where's your friend? That was, it was 14 years ago. Yes. So it's like, I, I didn't want to bother anymore. It's like, okay. nah, I'm not. We've spoke uh, quite a bit about your first book, The African in America. Right. We don't have much time left in the episode. Before we wrap things up, a brief summary of your second book. And once again, if you could reiterate, how can people follow you? How can they order your shirts? How can they uh, order your books? Uh, the Afri- So you already know The African in America. And the other book is called I Must Succeed. Okay. Uh, I Must Succeed is a book where I am teaching people how they should look at life. Okay. Instead of the way we, we've been looking, even, even me before I, you know, I thought about writing the book, you know, I've been through things that, you know, uh, that, that like wasn't important, you know, but it, it, it puzzled me, you know, and I want to teach people like, you know, everybody in this country wants to succeed. It doesn't matter from the homeless to someone who's, who have little to someone who has more. Everybody just, we all want to succeed something. But it all comes down to like, what is our original purpose in life? Not the purpose of like getting rich, the purpose of having family. This is not purpose. I, they, you know, some people, they will, uh, when you ask them, like, what's your purpose in life? You know, they will tell you, oh, uh, this and that and having family and blah, blah, and, and living life and da, da, da. You know, that's not it, you know. And and it, it does get into a little bit of, like, religion in that book, you know. And I'm, I'm telling people, like, you know, you have to understand, like, in this universe, in this earth, in this world, we didn't create ourselves. Mm. You know, there are civilizations that we will never have access to in our entire civilization. Like there are like worlds that we can't even we can't even get to. You know, I'm talking. It doesn't matter what how many uh, scientific thing we create or how many technologies we build, we will never if we will never get access to some of the the you know the secrets to this world. You know, so what is it? What is our purpose? Why are we like here? Why do we? Like, why are we born and when we just know we're just going to die? You know, like, what is it, you know? And when you actually understand and find that is when you say, hey, you know, I don't have to stress about the, this little things anymore. Yes, I'm going to work for it. 
yes i'm gonna you know i'm gonna wanna make i'm uh, i'm gonna wanna make money i mean i wanna make money i wanna have to help my family i wanna you know uh, help everybody else but i also know that this is not you know this is just something that's temporary everything in this world is like you know we in a temporary zone that is gonna be over before our eyes because everybody else been through it before us so that is what i'm trying to get to like where like i must succeed like what is exactly is your purpose okay and you are on social media mm -hmm. of course nini muhammad on facebook uh on um yep instagram you are nini k a d i r 30 uh -huh. the african in america are you on anything else what about like twitter maybe yeah, I do have Twitter, and it's just Nini Muhammad. All right, I'm going to start following you. Nini Muhammad? Yes, and I think it's the same username as my Instagram. Okay, let's see here. Oh, is it the same username? So it's Nini Kadir, yeah. Nini Kadir 30. Yes, I think. Good. I'm not really big in Twitter. Okay, there you are. I found you. I'm the author of The African in, in America. America. Yeah. I just started following you. And you will send me a link to order a shirt. Yes. Okay. And I'll be able to share that. Um, I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You know, that was uh, what we're almost not far from being a two-hour episode. So good stuff. Uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Yes. How many hours is your episode usually? Yeah, it depends. Some of them can be half an hour. Sometimes they're two hours. I've had some that are three. Damn. Yeah. So it's cool. Podcasting is neat. You get to kind of just talk about whatever you want to. Okay, okay. I, I actually like podcasting. I just, if I had my own podcasting, I would probably talk more about the African in America. I'm just trying do to it. bring people together and stuff. Do I it. I would love to come on there yes, or promote. You come on here and promote that. And I always tell people, uh, start I a podcast. How, I just, I'm trying to figure out how do I do it. Like this right here, this piece, this Rodecaster cost about $650. Right. Each of these headsets is about $120. I have four of them. Go cool. And then you can hit up my friend, Matt McCarthy, good friend of mine from high school who runs live sportscaster.com mm -hmm. and Veercast digital media. He can help you get set up. With the website where you go on, you upload the episode, right. and it automatically goes to Spotify, to iTunes, to all the podcaster things. Wow. So, so it can really... It can, you it can, can be really as big as off. you want, yeah. Oh. And it can be as small as you want. The cool thing is, is you and I, even if no one listened to today's episode, no one. Right. It's still fun. It's still fun. Yeah, it is. It right? Is fun. It right? Is fun. So, I mean, or let's it, say five people fun. listen it to the whole fun. thing. Five. Right. That's, 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 that's enough, need, yep. right? Exactly. Or, you know, who knows if it's 50 or uh, the cool thing is I've now recorded for the Kelly Patrick show since 2017. Wow. So you had it for a while. I have. I've actually been podcasting since 2011. Wow. Yeah. So I've done quite a few podcasts. Um, I have recorded 580 podcast episodes. So chipping away at it i enjoy it as long as it's thing you know things that i enjoy yeah. I, I, you know it's a neat hobby i actually like it you're doing that wow five that was a long time yeah 2017 yeah. i thought you just started like 2020 or something like that. nope nope so you got the experience then you know exactly where to get into i guess <laughs> right i mean there, it's an art right so there's yes. no perfect way to do it it isn't you're right you're but right. but in some ways i i know this 
in 2020 when Corona happened, mm-hmm. I started doing more political episodes because I was more interested. Right. Then. Before that, it was just MMA. Oh. So I know this. Now my strategy is I'm only going to do episodes that I find interesting. interesting yeah. So if I'm interested in Nini and the African in America, then we'll talk about that. And if the listeners don't want to tune into that episode, mm-hmm. they don't have to. They don't have to. Right. Or if someone wants to only tune into this episode, that's fine too. Right? As long as I enjoy it, that's kind of my, my formula. I think people will listen to this episode though. Yeah. I, 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 can, I can just feel it. Yeah. Because people want to know about like, you know, things like what separates this community from that community, you know. I think it will be, it'll be interesting. To, I'm interested myself. Just you should to listen, listen to it own. and then we set up a time where in a month or a couple months from now you come back on and we try to follow up on some different things yes. and, and continue with it. I, I like it. I think it's great. Conversation is a good thing. Um, you know, as long as it's not real hateful. No. <laughs> it, can't, it could, in theory, you could... Do bad things. You, you, you could, could but right. it, it, for the most part, I think conversation is a good thing as long as you're trying to deliver a positive message. So that's true. That's true. Great stuff. Well, Nini, thank you very much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I also want to thank everyone for tuning into the Kelly Patrick Show. Of course, we will have another episode out soon. All right.